We're your hosts, Alexa and Melissa. Thanks for joining us. Hey, everyone. Thank you for tuning in again to Midwest Mamas for another new episode. We are so excited to have you listen to our next guest with an amazing mission. We had the opportunity to chat with Vanessa Boucher, founder of Severa. Severa is a company that is changing the lives of marginalized women. Through Severa, women who are survivors of sex trafficking are given a new beginning. Severa offers amazing premium, organic, pure essential oils. If you know anything about me, I have been a skeptic when it comes to essential oils. But after chatting with Vanessa and hearing her mission, I am more curious and open-minded about using oils, and I am the late one to join the club for sure. We hope you enjoy our conversation and check out Severa for yourself. It is definitely something worth talking about and telling your loved ones about and spreading their mission. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. We are so excited to be back and we are so excited to start our conversation with Dr. Vanessa Boucher today. Say hi, Vanessa. Hi, it's great to be with you guys today. We are so happy to have you. So for those who may not know you, can you share with our listeners a brief background about you, like where you're from, your family, and and what you do? Um, Yeah, I call myself a gypsy. I don't really (laughs) feel like I'm from anywhere. Uh, My family (laughs) moved around a lot when I was younger. Um, I was born in upstate New York. My whole extended family is originally from New York. Um, That's where my great-grandparents immigrated to from Italy, so I'm 100% Italian, but we moved around a lot when I was little, and so um, I never, and those those areas never necessarily felt like home, although they were great places to, to grow up, but then I went back to New York for college, and so I feel like that's where I feel most at home, um, Yeah, but I can't necessarily say that I'm from there other than being born there and going to college there. Um, I am married to my high school sweetheart. We've been married for 19 years. So exciting. Yes. And we have two daughters who are 11 and nine. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, My career has been pretty circuitous. Um, I was one of these people in college that didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I just knew that I needed to do something meaningful. And um, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, I've always been a more mission oriented person than money oriented. So that's what motivates me is mission. And mm. um, I struggled in college. I was a, I was a history major and I took a lot of classes on civil rights, women's suffrage, um, abolition of slavery, um, mostly focused on sort of the civil civil rights history of the United States. Um, And I always ask myself in those classes, what would I have done had I lived then? And the answer was unclear, because if I was going to be honest with myself, it's a counterfactual. I don't really know what I would have done. Of course, you know, I hope that I would have chosen um, to pursue justice over comfort but at the same time I don't really know yeah it was around that time too that I was struggling with questions about like my privilege and um why I have enjoyed so much privilege in my life while others experience so much suffering yeah Mm -hmm. and I came to the conclusion by my junior year that the only purpose for my privilege is to use it to privilege others. And so Mm -hmm. that was, Mm -hmm. that was really all I had to go based on though, as far as a career was concerned, I didn't really know where that was going to lead me. Yeah. Um, Long story short, I graduated college in 2001 in May, 2001. Of course I went to New York city, um, I, I, you know, for college. And so when 9-11 happened, it really, really rocked my world. And I, as as it did, you know, all of us, mm-hmm. and that's when I decided I was going to pursue a master's in um, public policy with a focus on foreign policy and national security, and that I wanted to basically go fight terrorists. And that was my plan. Wow. And 
I pursued that. I went and worked for the CIA. Um, while I was there, it became clear that it wasn't going to be the best place. It wasn't the best fit for my personality in while also managing a marriage, if that makes sense. So, mm, yeah. Um, so I wanted to be much more operational and my husband was, um, you know, not on board with that. So I decided that I would pursue my PhD in political science. And so um, at that time, my thought was I'll get a PhD and then I'll go back into, you know, government work um, in, in sort of foreign policy, national security positions. But by my third year of my PhD program, I really fell in love with academia and the autonomy, the flexibility, being able to pursue my own curiosities. And so I decided that I would pursue a path in academia, which then led me to my fourth year of my PhD program, where I realized that I hadn't really been studying the things that my heart was drawn to way, you know, like six years earlier. And that it was time for me to pivot and start pursuing my heart's passion, which was human rights and people flourishing. And so I started studying um, that in a variety of different ways. My research agenda started spiraling out of control in, um, in the field of human trafficking. And that's kind of what's led me to where I am today. So, um, and that's what led to Severa. That is amazing. Like, and just, it's interesting, like all the different paths you took and just like how, I guess you weren't afraid going into your third, fourth year, like to change and be like, wait a minute, you know, like, I think that's great because I think a lot of people can get into so far and be like, well, I'm going to just finish it out. You know, like I've seen this far, like I'm going to just keep doing it. But like, I think that speaks a lot of your character to be like, nope, this is not, you know, like what's for me and to change it, even though you had invested so much time into something different per se. Yes. Yes. And of course there's a lot of connections between national security and human trafficking and even terrorism Mm. and human trafficking. Yeah. Um, But, but I wasn't thinking about it in that, in those terms at that time. Um, But I think that that's so important for people to, really ask themselves why why am i doing what i'm doing and and to reconnect with their core values what are your core values and what drove you to do these things in the first place mm-hmm. um so that's kind of where i found myself that's amazing it is. and so can you tell us just about severa just how it i mean you kind of touched briefly but just like what the company is and what um, maybe makes it unique in just your journey to starting that because that's a big task. <laughs> yeah, um, it was definitely never in my plan ever. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I have to admit that throughout the course of my studies, I had become somewhat, um, what's the word, I guess, aggrieved by by business and 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 our capitalist economy and the ways in which that it you know the ways in which it it privileges some and um on the backs of others and so i i really never was interested in business um Mm. i felt like it it just wasn't that's again not not where my heart was and yeah um but at the end of the day my thoughts about it started changing um, because that is how people get jobs and support themselves and and have a livelihood. Uh And so, um, so what happened was I was leading a study abroad on transnational human trafficking in India. And it, it was the third time that I had led the study abroad. We were sitting in the, in the red light district at a medical clinic um, talking to some women that happened to be there. And one woman said, um, why should I talk to you? Why should I tell you anything about my story? People like you are no different than the people that come here and exploit us for our bodies. You're just exploiting us for our story. And so I said, I 
understand how you feel that way um, and how you can perceive that to be the case. I said, but I genuinely do want to help. And so if there's one thing that you need, what is it? And she said, we need dignified employment to get out of this dirty business. Mm. And those were the words that changed my life. Um, Yeah. And I said, I want to help you do that. And she said, how are you going to help me do that? And I said, honestly, I'm not really sure, but I'd like to try. And my thought at the time was, you know, there's all these social enterprises across various parts of India that are working with sexually exploited women, women who want to come out of prostitution. So surely there's one in Delhi and I will find it and I will connect her to it. And then I will make good on my promise and my job will be done. And that was genuinely what I thought. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, over the course of doing work in India and particularly in Delhi over, um, you know, those three years that I was leading the study abroad, I had become very, very close to several of the organizations that work in that space in Delhi. Yeah. And the organization that we were with at the time, Shakti Bihini, I went back to their offices and I told my friend Ravi, who's the founder and president of Shakti Bihini, what had happened that day. And I said, so I need you to connect me with a social enterprise in Delhi. (laughs) And he said, Vanessa, don't you think that if one existed, I already would have done that myself? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, that's crazy. There has to be one. And I didn't, I should have, I should have listened to him because you'd never doubt Ravi Kant, but (laughs) I was bound and determined to find one. And so I, I talked to literally dozens of people who I knew working across other parts of India, asking them what they knew of in Delhi. And nobody knew of a single social enterprise working with women coming out of prostitution in Delhi. Wow. Which seems crazy. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge city and it's the capital. And still to this day when I say that, it sounds ridiculous. But I did mm-hmm. not want to start something. That was not that was not at all what I was not to not do. your plan. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Mm. And so uh but six months later I was still looking. And I, at that point oh, I wow. started feeling like, you know, now here I am, one of one of, you know, tens or dozens of other people who have promised her something that promised her that they want to help or that they're going to help and then don't follow through. Right. Mm-hmm. And I just was like, I just can't do that. I can't live with myself. I just can't do that. And so um, that's when <laughs> that's when by the grace of God um, and just miraculous you know, sort of providential meetings, I met this woman named Ushri Roy, who is really one, a key back, she's the backbone, I would say, of Severa. And I met her, which is a crazy story of how I met her. And she started doing some research with me and for me. And in about a month into her working with me on research, I said, Ushri, I have to tell you about this other problem. Now, Ushri is originally from Kolkata and had just moved to the U.S., to the DFW area, just about six months before I met her. I said, I have to tell you about this other problem that I have. And I told her the whole story. And she said, Vanessa, we just need to start something. Mm. And (laughs) you're like, like, yeah, right. Exactly. I'm like, go for it. I have nothing else (laughs) on my plate, you know. And she's like, no, we can do this. We can do this. And so they're in (laughs) led to this crazy proposition that we were going to start a social enterprise in Delhi. Um, So what Severa is, and I, you know, obviously everything is a long story um, and the reason that we came to the decisions that we came to. But Severa is an organic essential oil social enterprise that employs survivors of sexual exploitation in India and the United States. I love that. 
So that is what we do. Um, essential oils for several reasons. Yeah. One is that we wanted to do something that was deeply rooted in Indian culture and tradition. And Mm. so there's, um, that Ayurvedic healing tradition within India always, you know, essential oils is a core part of that healing tradition. And so, uh, so that so that met that criteria. We wanted to do something that was a consumable product so that, you know, the hope is that we have loyal customers who run out of our product and they love it so much that they have to come back and buy more. Right. Um, right. And we felt like that was the most sustainable. That was the most sustainable model was to have something that was consumable. Um and we wanted something that was in the health and wellness sector, um, as opposed to fashion or, you know, jewelry okay. or, or mm-hmm. home goods. Um, yeah. We also wanted something in a market that was anticipated to grow, that was on a growth trajectory. And yeah. after doing a lot of market research, um, we decided that essential oils, you know, met all of those criteria very, very well. The essential oil market is anticipated to grow a hundred percent in the next 10 years. So my gosh. Yeah. And there's been on the up and up, like it's been crazy how much it's blown up just in the past few years. I agree. I agree. But, but there's still so much, um, lack of education and understanding about yeah. oils and what they do and how to use them and applications. So there's yep. still a, a huge segment of, of the market that hasn't even been tapped yet. As much as like we feel like they're everywhere, they're still really not. Um, but hmm. they're anticipated to be. So that yeah. was something where we felt like, okay, we can carve out a niche for ourselves in this growing market as the pre- premium organic brand that has a social mission. There's mm-hmm. no yeah. other essential oil company that is doing what we're doing, not even remotely close. Right. So we don't want people to buy our product because of the social mission. We want people to buy our product because we have premium, 100% pure, organic, sustainably sourced essential oils. That's why you buy our product. But, oh, by the way, we also have this incredible social impact around the world, and you can't get that with any other company. So, yeah, you could go to other companies and get, you know, good oils, but you're not going to get the same social impact. So we want to have the – we want to have great oils, but we also want people to really engage with us um, because of the mission as well. So – we want it to be both and, you know, we don't want people to be like, oh, you know, we'll buy their oils because they're doing this good thing. No, buy our oils because they're great oils and we're doing this great thing. Right. Right. I love. Yeah, that's amazing. And so um, what's the challenge you faced while you started the company? Like what? I mean, I know you were really hesitant. You're like, oh, I don't even want to do this. But then, you you know, like it kind of all worked together. So what was maybe once you decided like, okay, we're doing essential oils, what was the next, like, what was maybe challenging or surprising to just start it all? Oh my goodness, you guys, I, I'm sure it was really easy. So you're probably like, <laughs> Oh, nothing. Yeah. That was just so easy. It's just I really breezy. Honestly, yeah. It's like, where do I even start with respect to the challenges? Um, I can, I guess, put some of the challenges into buckets, but the the first is, you know, knowing that we wanted to be 100% organic, sustainably sourced um, essential oils, it was really important to us to make sure that we were working with suppliers that were um, going to be supplying us that that level, that quality that we that we desired. Gotcha. We ended up running into a huge snag with the first supplier um he you know we ordered a bunch of oils from them and we ordered organic usd supposedly usda certified organic oils well 
We did not tell them that we were going to be sending them off to an independent testing lab because one, oh. of, one of the things about the essential oil market um, is that there is an awful lack of transparency um, with respect to oil quality. And so there's a couple companies, including Severa, that want to push the industry into greater transparency, which means that we want to make our test results available on our website. So you buy a lot yeah. of oil, you can go to the website, you can download the test result, and you can see exactly what the constituents are and whether or not those constituents meet the criteria of what is 100% pure. Yeah. Um, so these independent testing labs, um, you know, provide us with these test results and they determine whether or not there's, you know, adulterants, contaminants, dilutants in the oils. We did not tell that supplier that we were sending them away. And when we got the results back, it was atrocious. I mean, mm. the quality of the oil, it was completely laced with synthetic materials. Okay. And... It was a crisis, but a crisis, you know, is there's, it opens up opportunity. So we were like, okay, well, this just forces us to think about things a little bit differently. Um, We had essentially on the basis of that happening, we changed literally our entire business model, um, which at the end of the day, and it is, is a good thing. It turned out to be a good thing for us. But at that time, it was just like, oh my gosh, what are we doing? And I have to say, like, I probably, not probably, I know that I for sure would not be heading down this journey, this path, if it wasn't for the women that we are employing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Because the challenges have just been, you know, it's frustrating. It's pulling my hair out. And because I've never been a money-driven person, it's not worth it to me. Like, right. it's just not worth it to me, that the, the hassle, the trouble um, is not worth the extra buck. I would have I would have thrown in the towel a long time ago. The only thing that has kept me going, absolutely not, we are marching forward come hell or high water, is knowing that, you know, our production employees have no other option but to go back to the brothels if Severa does not succeed. Mm-hmm. And so Severa must succeed. We will succeed. That That is what keeps me going, is knowing mm. that, you know, that life that they have left, they absolutely cannot go back to. We have given yeah. them a new beginning. We have given them a new hope and a new life. And and and, and it has to be sustained, period. Mm-hmm. So the challenges have been great, um, but it's so worth, I mean, they've been worth it. And they've been worth figuring out how to overcome um, only because I know that it's it, I know that it's changing their lives. It has changed their lives. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's it's so nice to hear that, you know, you had these big challenges, but you weren't willing to just settle or to, you know, cut the corners. You wanted the best product. You wanted yeah. to, you know, help these women. Yes. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you're, you just hit the nail on the head, which is one of the challenges, right? Yeah. How do we, how do we provide premium product and employ otherwise unemployable women? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you become a premium brand while simultaneously employing people that don't that 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 you have to teach them everything that they now know Um, like you're starting from ground zero Mm -hmm. Um, it's a difficult difficult thing and that's something for us that you know we're registered as a public benefit corporation so we so we have a double bottom line we are for profit but 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 our double bottom line is um you know economic impact and social impact. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, it, it, it's definitely a challenge, but, um, but it's worth it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, so many good things. Well, let's talk a little bit more about your products. So what is your, um, one of your best sellers? Um, and what's like one of your personal favorite oils? 
So our bestseller right now is a blend called Secret Zest. I was just looking at that earlier. I was like, what's Secret Zest? (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's, I call it happiness in a bottle. It's our happiness. It's our, you know, it's our happy blend. Um, Mm. And that's our bestseller. It's got, it's a mix of orange, bergamot, lang lang, lemon, and geranium. Um, My personal favorite, however, is Sonia's Shield. And um, that is our immunity blend. It's got, you know, ingredients in it that are antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Um, It has clove bud, cassia, rosemary, lemon, and eucalyptus in it. And the clove bud is just delightful. Um, I love love Sonia's Shield. It's also a really good seller, um, but behind Secret Zest. So that's our immunity blend, and that's my favorite. Cool. And can you, um, like, are there any plans in the upcoming, you know, like, I mean, we're heading towards the end of 2019, but maybe looking ahead to 2020, which is crazy. Are there any plans for adding more oils or different kinds of products? Like, I don't know, like lotions or cleaning, or do you think, like, it's going to just stay, like, oils for a while um we definitely have plans to branch out into other products um Mm -hmm. and but rolling these things out in a very measured way so Mm. um probably the first thing that we're gonna do is roller bottles because right now we just we have just the pure oils and so We'll do um, roller bottles that are already pre-diluted with a carrier oil. Um, we'll do Love those. It. We also want to do hydrosols. Um, and we're, we are looking at partnering with a company that does all wildcrafted hydrosols. So, um, so it's not, it's, it's plants from like nature that are wild in nature. Um, so we're doing hydrosols. Um, we, cool. As far as, you know, we we are working right now, actually, on a tea light aroma lamp, Um, and we are working with um, female potters outside of Kolkata um, who are kind of pushing the envelope in um, in the ceramics and pottery market down there because it's been a historically dominated by males. Um, okay. So we've been talking to them about designing a tea light aroma lamp. Um, oh. And then also having a kind of a proprietary Severa plug-in diffuser. Um, Love it. The women in India are making candles and soap. They've, they've taken a training making candles and soaps and they're doing a beautiful job on those. So those are coming. Um, okay. And then they're going to be in 2020, they're going to take a, a jewelry making class. And so they want to, we're going to be doing diffusing jewelry. So using materials that are porous, like, you know, obviously the, the, the main one that people think of when they think of this type of jewelry is the lava rock stones. Um, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So we're thinking about just diffusing jewelry. And then of course there's all kinds of, beauty, health, and wellness products for hair, body, you know, teeth, face, wounds, um, that, that, that we'll look into. Um, but that, that stuff probably will not come until I would say 2021 or later, but it all kind of depends on how fast we start growing. So, right. Okay. Well, all of that sounds super neat in your future. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted, (laughs) yeah, Yeah. one thing I wanted to share with our listeners. Um, so on your website, you have a really cool feature that, that, um, you can take a quiz that helps people decide which oils are best for their lives and what they need, which I think is so cool because I have to admit, I am so bad at knowing anything about oils and I'm trying so hard to like, I've been trying to know. (laughs) <laughs> Melissa, she's really been trying and I, I need to take baby steps. Um, but I really liked that feature because I was able to like plug in what are some areas that I need 
um, help on or work with. And, and it just like told me exactly what oils would be best for me. So I thought that was really cool. So any listener out there who struggles with knowing what to use, when to use, this is definitely a place to look first. Yeah, we were really, we were really excited about that feature because of exactly what you said. Like a lot of people have no idea what oil works for what purpose. Yeah. Um, and so we wanted to make it kind of foolproof. Um, and it's, it's, we're still working on the algorithm on the back end. Um, but, but it, it's, it's over time, the quiz will just keep getting better and better. Yeah. But yeah. We were excited about that because there definitely is no other company that has that feature. Yeah, no, that was, I, I really enjoyed that because I've had, I've had a hard time figuring out what I want to use and what I need to use. And so that helps me a lot. Um, yeah. so hearing about some of your plans for the future and some, um, cool products, do you have any other, um, personal or professional goals looking ahead? Um, any that you would like to really work on other than the, some of those newer products? I, I do actually. And the ideally it would be, um, elevating a survivor leader mm. to take over Severa and, oh. um, become the the president and CEO of the company Wow! Um, to kind of hand over the reins to a survivor leader and watch them kind of take it and run with it and hand them a very healthy, thriving, growing business. Yeah. Um, so that, that is my goal is to be able to elevate, elevate survivors. Um, and so I think that that's what I would love to see by, by the end of 2020 is kind of my goal for that. Um, and you know, long-term we really view Severa as a very different way of doing business. Um, we're just, we're a values driven company first and foremost, and we will not compromise on our values period. And part of that is the idea that business genuinely can be used as a force for good and, and, and all boats can rise together. And that is possible. You just have to be willing to make certain decisions that um, are in everybody's best interest as opposed to your own self-interest. And so one of the things that we really would love to see. And, you know, this may be five years out, it may be 10 years out, we're not sure yet, but um, is to, is to make it an employee owned company. So mm. wow. that's the direction where we, we are moving. And that is the goal is, you know, to, for, for every position, for every new position that we have, we want to hire survivors whether that's in India, whether that's in the U.S., or whether we expand into other countries, um, hiring survivors is our priority. I think, therefore, there should be a survivor at the helm. Mm-hmm. And what I I love about the idea of, of, you know, handing over maybe 50% ownership, maybe 30% ownership, you know, maybe we start with 10% ownership and then expand it from there. But yeah. to the employees that are all sex trafficking survivors is that, you know, these are people that um, others have given up on that are stereotypic, typically the throwaways, if you will, yeah. um, that have been used and abused and exploited and used for other people's profit and gain. and. Right. Here we have a company that's turning that whole idea completely on its head and saying, you know, how how can instead of other people using you for their own profit and gain, how can we hand over to you um, sort of that 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 profit and that gain that you have sown so deeply into by virtue of helping us build this company from the ground up? for yourselves. So yeah. that's kind of what our, what our goal is long-term. That's so neat. Wow. wow. 
Vanessa, I just feel like there's so much for me to like I know. take in and like think about. I'm just like trying to like process everything and I know. And I know um one of the things I, I would love to talk to you guys about, maybe that's offline, but no, is, you're fine. Is the, is the pies model um that yeah. we've developed for our employees. Yeah, for please share that. Um so because you know because of the nature of the employees that we're hiring um, and their backgrounds, they have all experienced severe trauma um, mm-hmm. and all of it, not a single one of our employees came to us having had any formal education in their mm-hmm. lives at all. So um, in addition to all of the trauma, they lack a lot of, other skills. They've never had a bank account. They they don't know how to manage money. They've never had to manage money. Um, they're just they've been spiritually bankrupted as well. And so we developed this model that we call PIES, which stands for Physical, Intellectual, Economic, and Spiritual Growth and Development. And mm. um, if you picture the way that pies works is that if you picture three concentric circles and then you cut that those concentric circles into into a, into quarters, each of the quarter of that of those circles is one of the pies. So physical, intellectual, economic, and spiritual are the four pieces. Oh, of the okay. Pie. Mm-hmm. And then the inner circle is what we call the micro level, and that is where most of our employees, when they first come to us, that's where they're at across all four of those dimensions. Um, physically, they may not be; they may still be living in a brothel, which is not safe for them. Right. And um, physically, they may have significant health issues or dental issues. Um, physically they don't, they've never necessarily like left the brothel district. So they, they don't know how to read a map or get around the city and explore their own city that they live in. So there's a Mm -hmm. lot of physical constraints, um, that we, and barriers that at that first micro level, we try to remove for them. Um, intellectually kind of similar, they, some of the women had literally never picked up a writing utensil in their entire lives. So at that micro level, teaching them just reading and writing, um, we teach them the alphabet and how to read in Hindi and simultaneously teaching them English. Um, And the economic part, you know, like I said, they've never had bank accounts. Um, They don't they haven't had money management skills. So the very first thing we do is we open up a bank account for them or with them, we have them open up a bank account and, um, and then teach them about budgeting and, um, how to manage their finances. And then spiritually it's, that is about inner healing. Um, so that's the micro level, but then as they work for us and as they, they, as they sort of grow across all of those dimensions of micro level, they move out into the macro. The macro level across all four of those dimensions has to do with their interpersonal relationships. So how is their family doing physically? Um, mm. As far as in, intellectual goes, it's, it's, it's learning about culture and heritage and their place in the world. Um, and so we have we have modules that that push that out into the sorry that's the meso level I call it macro but it's actually the meso and then the final is the macro okay and macro is when you reach the macro level that's all about giving back so mm. now your own personal needs are being met across these four dimensions your interpersonal relationships are are healthy and in the place where they ought to be. And so in the mezzo, it's all about what can we do to give back to our communities and give back to society. Um, And that's a really exciting thing because we already are seeing some of the women who have worked for us for a year um, moving out into the mezzo level um, on some of the dimensions. So like for example, the intellectual dimension, um, Three out of the 
four of the original people that we hired are fully literate now wow. and are, are teaching how to read and write to the new employees that we're hiring. Um, wow. So that's like, that's just a demonstration of when you, when you reach the mezzo level, it's about you teaching, you giving back to someone else what you now know and what you now have. Yeah. So that's, that's how powerful. Been, oh my gosh. It's just been absolutely amazing to, well, to develop the model and then to develop sort of the monitoring and evaluating of each of our employees in the model right. and to see the progress of them moving out in that, in the anticipated directions um, has been super rewarding. So. Wow. Been, yeah. Good stuff. That's so inspiring. Yeah. I just, and so for someone and just kind of as we wrap this up, I mean, and I just feel like I said, there's just so much to take in and, um, just what would you say to someone if they're not like maybe they don't use oils, but like, do you have any advice for them? Like just how they could help survivors of human trafficking or what would you say? Like, is just something that they might be able to do? Um, well, there's a lot of things that people can do. Um, the first is parenting. Well, your own mm. children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, which I know is kind of a that's not what people expect to hear. But honestly, justice begins in the home. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that's the most important thing, you know, monitoring your kids social media, like yeah. talking to your kids openly about yeah. sex and sexuality and relationships and healthy boundaries and all of these things that a lot of parents are very, you know, like awkward to talk to your kids about no it's not you need to normalize those conversations in your in your mm-hmm. house um yeah. so that's one thing but obviously um you know i know in the dfw area um there's a lot of anti-trafficking organizations that you can volunteer with i'm sure that that's the case i don't know how if you guys are familiar with the anti-trafficking scene in indiana um and what that looks like. But there's there's lots of local anti-trafficking organizations. And then, of course, there's global ones as well um, yeah. that always, you know, need a helping hand. Volunteers and resources is a big thing. So donating is great. But then yeah. if there is a company that is employing survivors, you know, um, employment is one of the biggest barriers to survivors restoration. Um, and that's true in across the globe yeah and and sometimes for different reasons across the globe i mean for example the barriers to employment for the women in india our employees in india are very different to the barriers to employment to our uh employees in the united states um and you know i won't get into all the particularities of why that's the case but barriers to employment is a big problem so when there's when there are companies or even NGOs like Severa and others that are that exist to knock down those barriers and provide opportunity to survivors, support them. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, instead of buying a Yankee candle, buy a candle from a survivor organization. Instead yeah. of buying, you know, uh, essential oils for, from some other company, buy, you know, instead of buying jewelry from some other company, buy it from a survivor organization. Right. Um, and yeah. and support them because, yeah. you know, Severa is not cannot be sustained without people buying our products. Right. <laughs> right. Like yeah. People, you know, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can't make your sales projections, you're going to go under. And right. so um, if people are passionate about supporting survivors of sex trafficking, then, yeah. you know, look for ways to do it in, with your purchasing power. You, yeah. you know, every time you spend money on something, you're casting a vote for that thing and you can cast a vote for exploitation or you can cast a vote for freedom. And so um, mm. that's that's one of the things that I would encourage people to do as well. I love that. I've never heard that before. Every time you're buying something or casting a vote for something, but that is so true, because I think sometimes it is easy to be like, oh, I'm just going to get this shirt from this store because it's super cheap you know but 
Yeah. What am I voting? You know, like what is when it really comes down to it? Yeah. Where's that money going and what is that supporting? Yeah. Mm. There's like, there's a movement towards socially conscious consumption and that's sort of a conscientious consumer, if you will. And that's one of the, the key points is that, you know, oftentimes we look to um, government and politicians and politics to, to answer a lot of our social questions um, and to be the answer. But you, you only go to the ballot box and cast a vote so many times a year. Um, right. Most of us, not even once a year, particularly yeah. <laughs> if we're not participating in local elections, you know, right. um, mm-hmm. which most, most people don't, but all of us buy things almost on a daily basis. So yeah. you can vote with your dollar and, um, and so therefore vote wisely using your, you know, using your purchasing power in a, in a transport, in a way that will transform the world. Yeah. So, Absolutely. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much for sharing your story and just loved listening to your story and just getting to know you a little bit more and your passion for your company. Um, one thing we'd love to end with, um, just to hear different things from different people. What's something that you do after a long day or long week to take care of yourself? Cause we know that you are a busy woman and you have a family and a company to run and, Lots of things you're passionate about, but what is something you do to take care of yourself when you're a little stressed out or just need to relax? Um, I, so I love yoga and Mm -hmm. yoga has taught me so much about life. (laughs) Um, and so yoga is a big one for me. Um, and I just think it's imperative to laugh a lot. And so finding those people that are going to allow you to laugh and to, and that make you laugh and that you can have fun with. And so, um, having, you know, laughing as much as possible, even amidst the darkness around us is healing. It's really healing. It's a healing salve. And so trying to laugh as much as possible, being around friends and family and my kids who also make me laugh all the time um yeah you know and and unplugging is a, yeah. is a huge one yep yeah just unplugging being like I don't I'm I'm not looking at a screen for for the entire weekend and I'm just going to be present in whatever I'm doing or whoever I'm with in that moment and it's it's that's really refreshing as well. Yeah. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. And so can you just tell um, everyone where they can follow Severa and just find out more information and follow you? Yeah. Um, so our website is Severa.com, S-A-V-H-E-R-A.com. And um, Severa is on all of the social media platforms. So we're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And our handle on all three of those platforms is at Severa Wellness. And we're also on Pinterest and LinkedIn. So um, follow us on all of those social media outlets. Um, And I am actually not a social media person. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Personally. Yeah. Um, I I actually got on Facebook and Instagram for the first time a year ago when we were starting Severa only because I do have a lot of like friends and contacts around the world. And I was like, you know, people are probably going to want to know about this. So I should get on. And so I got on Facebook and Instagram for the very first time in my entire life. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) And I... We was just talking to someone recently. I'm like, yeah, I just deleted it from my phone, and I don't think I'm going to do anything on it anymore. And they're like, you know what? You had a good run the last year. Like, <laughs> you're fine. <laughs> so, yeah, <that's> funny. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a huge social media person personally. Yeah. But people can always, you know, reach me on email or Twitter. I am on right. Twitter. Okay. There you go. And through Severa. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Awesome. 
Well, thank you so much, Vanessa, for being on today and sharing um, just so many things. And I, I can't wait to buy oils. I am a big oil person and I am super excited now to just know more of the background. I think, you know, like just it, it's just so powerful and just knowing that, like you said, like, where am I casting my vote with my money? And so I think that's just really powerful. And so I can't wait to share your story too and to share Severa just with everyone. And I'm so excited for this episode to come out. So thank you so much for chatting with us and taking time. Thank you guys. And thank you for this great podcast that you're doing um, in all of your spare time too. Like, it's <laughs> great. Well, it's like you said, you know, like finding, like just laughing with someone like this is something where we just like, it's just relaxing and, you know, not being around 25, five-year-olds is just able to like be a little breather. (laughs) I know. Have it, have adult conversations too. Right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I crave adult conversations every day. Yeah. Yeah. Because you guys are both kindergarten. Yeah. 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 And do you teach at the same school? We used to, and now I'm at a different school, so I can be closer to home. So we are with each other in spirit (laughs) and still talk frequently because we're teacher besties and so, but yeah, so we're in the same district, just different schools now. Got it. Got it. Oh, that's so great. Yes. Thank you so much for talking to us, and we can't wait to just spread your mission and Svera's mission and just support those women. So thank you so much again, Vanessa. Yeah, my pleasure. Great talking to you guys. Thanks. All right. Okay. You too. Bye-bye.